Good morning. Good morning. If you can give like maybe a second or two for some people to jump on. Um, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Good. I know sometimes the app takes like a second to notify people. Yeah. Um, they are watching from there. It's good to so, wait. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. I just got mine. So hopefully everyone else got their notifications. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I am Mirage. I'm Sydney. I'm Leanna. And this is our common ground discussion where we take the interworkings, I would say, of our yoga philosophy, yoga practices, and kind of um, have them meet the real world. Meaning today's world, um, the practices don't change, we the people do. And so how do they intertwine in our world is really the best way I think um, to describe these discussions. Mm -hmm. Today though, we are going to be talking about Spadhyaya, which is one of the Niyamas. So if you're just jumping on for the first time ever, know that you don't need to um, see the previous conversations to jump into this one, but we have been talking about the Yamas and the Niyamas. And today specifically, we are talking about the niyamas, or as Gianna calls them, the miyamas, the internal workings. And today is svadhyaya, which is self-study. Um, so I'll just kind of chat a little bit about svadhyaya, and then we'll kind of just discuss what it's like um, in our day today right now. Um, so it is the ninth niyama, and it is a pursuit of knowing ourselves studying what drives us and what shapes us because these things literally are the cause of the lives we are living. Self-study asks us to look at the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and realize that these stories create the reality of our lives. Ultimately, this tenet invites us to release the false and limiting perception our ego has imposed on us and know the true of our divine capital S self. So it's basically the peeling of layers and who you are at your core. Um, I almost want to say like when no one's looking, <laughs> you know, it's like we put on and um, feel free to, if you have a different definition, um, you know, add on to that. But I think in the modern world, especially today, it is so easy to think that you're something else like personally just from what your external world is feeding you yeah yeah <laughs> now we've chatted about that <laughs> yeah um you know, we're having a little discussion about like I'll, I'll just talk about my personal experience but um i was like 14 at this ladies party with my mom and my mom was very like no I don't even want to say strict but like she just wanted um me to present myself in a way at this party so on the ride there she was like make sure you sit upright make sure you cross your legs like all this stuff and so when I got to this party I was doing those things but I was also like very shy so I wasn't really talking and then this like person just a little bit older than me, like approached me and we were just chatting and really like getting along. And she had said like, wow, you um, present yourself so differently. Like I thought that you were not going to be nice. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, why? And she's like, well, you were just like sitting upright and your legs were crossed and you weren't really talking. And it was like, oh my gosh, like what, <laughs> what are the inner workings of like my mom putting me in this box, like sit upright and cross your legs and be a lady. And me personally being a 14 year old at this ladies party, like just like awkward and shy and going through puberty. And then this woman perceiving that as like, oh, you're like proud, you know, you're, you have an ego. And so it was just like, then that box that those people put me in, not choosing to cause harm, you know, I'm sure it was not ill intention, but then I was like, oh, well, am I being prideful by sitting here with my legs crossed? Uh, should I not be so shy? You start like, you know, kind of playing this game with yourself. It's so interesting. Do you think like the, the pride thing is like a cultural thing? Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah. I can say that because I feel like I think it's a cultural thing and I think it's a gender thing. Yeah. Um, and I could go down that, the gender rabbit hole, but I'll choose yeah. to go down the cultural rabbit hole <laughs> for the same <single> time. <laughs> but I think it's really, really something, um, that a lot of Asians feel. And I almost want to say like, being dropped into America where women have this different sense of norm, like an, as an Asian woman in America, it is very interesting to have that term pride because in, I think the Western world, pride is like sometimes a good thing, right? Like it can be a skew, but it's what you, you seek out for. But I think in Asian culture, when you have pride, um, it's like you have your nose up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. There's like appropriate ways to be and non-appropriate ways. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and we take all of that into account. Like yeah. all of us do, I think. Yeah. Creating that sense of, well, I mean, and, and it's like I said, you know, in the definition, how do we separate ourselves from these like external types of boxes yeah. that we, like you know these identities mm -hmm. and it's like who are you when no one's looking it's like oh my you know sometimes it's like who am I yeah well it's funny I was looking up I as you both know and I know Jana knows this too I love to look up definitions of words and to like see what the root of it is um so I the the etymology of the um the term the Sanskrit word svadhyaya um, is composed of sva and adhyaya. So adhyaya means a lesson, lecture, chapter, or reading, and sva means own one's own self, the human soul. So I think this is really interesting that svadhyaya literally means one's own reading lesson. Yeah. So it's like you're always like reading up on yourself. You're always, um, I know, like that's just been like the norm of my life is like I'm always learning about myself and I'm always like pushing myself to want to know like why I am this the way I am and I, I talk about things and I I um I you know express things in other ways maybe more so than writing or like reading but I, I definitely um express myself as a way to learn about myself 
um, whether that's talking with somebody else or, you know, making music or, um, you know, making art. Like, I feel like we all do different things to, to learn a little bit about ourselves and to, to do that self-study practice. And we can do that with other people and we can do that on our own too. Yeah. Can you repeat the translation again? Yeah. So Svadhyaya is the Sanskrit word Sva and Adhyaya. So Adhyaya means a lesson, lecture, chapter, or reading. And Sva means own, one's own self or the human soul. And so Svadhyaya literally means one's own reading lesson. Yeah. And I love that because it also says in the one translation, you said one's own self. So it's like your specific self or like divine soul yeah. <laughs> not anyone else's and it's not like the lower s self that relates to the ego it's like your self <laughs> yeah. which i love that yeah yeah so it's such a i like that breakdown like it's so you know telling yeah that's i love that yeah yeah and it is it's like no matter what perceptions the world puts on us, like we're the ones coming back to ourselves. Nobody else is there with us. We're the ones like figuring ourselves out. You know, nobody else is there to, you know, somebody might have their opinion or have suggestions or offer advice, but ultimately like it's up to us to, to look at ourselves. And, you know, it's not that we have to make decisions or change things or doubt things. It's just that we're looking, you know? Yeah. So funny that you say that because in, in here she said has the world and others simply reflect back to us what we are seeing, not what is really there. It is as if wherever we look, there are mirrors that show us pictures of ourselves. Yeah. So we cannot love or hate something about another person or the world unless it's already inside of us first. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's so important to like look and see how you're influencing and like I think Svadhyaya in the past I always associated it so closely with like reading scriptures mm -hmm. <laughs> like yoga scriptures there's so many other ways to self-study like what you were saying Liana yeah, yeah. and like the application of it <laughs> is the yoga practice in yeah a way. yeah <laughs> And so like when we're saying studying, you know, we mean so many different things. It could be oh. your yoga practice. It can be showing up fully in conversations and noticing your thoughts and breathing. Uh, so many, yeah, like it could be how you express, <laughs> like you were saying. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just one of those ones that really requires us to like not be on the mat. I mean, also on the mat, but also a lot, a lot off the mat. Yeah, I think going back to those projections, it's almost like if we didn't have this practice of self-study, I wonder who we would really be. You know, like if you didn't pause and ask yourself, is this, do I do this because I was taught to do it or do I do it because it's a genuine want or 
part of me. Um, you know, I, I think there's so many, so many ways that that can turn into something bad and also something really uplifting, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't pause and look inside yourself and ask like, why am I doing or being X, Y, Z, who will you be? Mm-hmm. And actually I think that highlights the a main difference between I say simply being present, but being present in Svadhyaya is like the question of like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Which lets you have that moment of self-study. So it, it's not, I guess that to say, it's not just paying attention. It really is like a curiosity. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, like there's, there's more of an action behind it. I think you said it last week, but I maybe I'm getting it wrong. Um, your meditation teacher said, are you here meditating or are you just here breathing or something? Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, exactly. And I just think that's like, oh my God, you can use that here too. Like self-studying of like, why are you doing this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it kind of comes back to how the conversation started with pride. Like, Mm -hmm. it's this, like, do you have, like, so much pride in yourself that you're sure, like, that you're okay with how you are? Like, it's not, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You're just like, you know, like, I feel good about who I am and I don't have to doubt it. And, you know, if there's a moment where I have a question, I'll let it come, but I'm not going to let it like debilitate me because I know that's how I am <laughs> whenever I think about that. And it's funny, Mirage, how you talked about pride. Like my dad, my dad didn't talk to me a lot growing up, but what, when he did, the one thing he always said to me was like, don't be proud. He was like, like that was like one thing that he always like would repeat yeah. to me over and over and over again. So, so person already and he's like just reiterating this to me and like the things he's actually saying to me um like pride can be seen as this very negative thing and you know it it is um connected to the lower self the ego um but it can be also this place of like knowing who you are and moving from there and not like feeling bad about it, but just acknowledging that it's there and it, it exists and you're not stuck there. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, that's how it is for, for me anyway. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I wonder how much of that was a projection, right? Yeah. Like what was that experiencing that he didn't want you to carry? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, just, like, it's like everything is a box. <laughs> you're right it all yeah you know and it's these labels and things um yeah that's so interesting and it's like when you let your pride fall a little bit then I feel like there's aha moments um Mm -hmm. because sometimes with pride that's the danger of it like you get stuck there and you feel like no this is who I am and then there's this like unwillingness to be flexible or fluctuate um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting, like looking at things, not in just like the negative and positive, but just trying to see things as they are. Yeah. It's interesting. Like when you think of the, the a feeling or a sense of the word pride, it's like, I am blank. Right. And it's very final. <laughs> That's just not how, like they call it a journey of the self. 
journey. Like there's not really like a finality of like a, I am blank. Doesn't feel very proud. It's yeah. very, like very humbling. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. There was um a self-study practice that I came across online and it was like a, a way to practice sanyaya. And um it was like observe yourself as though you're watching someone else. So it's like another way that we can see that, which is really interesting. And um, you know, like observe how you react when something doesn't go your way. Observe mm -hmm. how you speak to your loved ones. Um like how you do certain things. It's like how you do one thing is how you do everything, you know? So that was like kind of interesting, like as if you were watching someone else. So you like, you have this almost objective viewpoint. Yeah. I love that too, because how you were talking about Sid before, like on the mat, you're, you start to ask the questions or like in your yoga practice, whatever it looks like, you start to ask the questions of like, why, and once you see the why, then you start to feel a bit more connected to the how in yeah. the way you do things. And it's it is like it becomes that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think this element of self-study is why people like to journal. Mm. I mean, a degree of like why they like it. But I think it is a way in our like present day practices of self-study too, when you're like writing about things and like, this is what my day was like. And it's almost like a, a that almost flip of way of being objective in hindsight that I think is like a powerful tool for self-study too. Oh yeah. I think it's also important to note that this doesn't mean um, like shunning or being, um, what's the word, like harsh on yourself for the maybe ripples that occur in your life, right? Like if you're <clears throat> feeling parts of you that are unpleasant or what, whatever you may have it, like it's, it's acknowledging those, having compassion and kindness and knowing that that is a part of you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not something that you need to bury or yeah. anything like that, but almost like embracing it and maybe coming to terms with how that can shift and that's you know one of probably why ahimsa is one of the other yeah. <laughs> be like compassionate and yeah not to look and that was you know not to look at ourselves harshly yeah yeah um because i think that can be really easy too especially in this day and I try not to go, I mean, it's just so funny because I try not to go here every single common ground, but it's, it's so easy to go here when I'm like, you know, in the world of technology, like, yeah, it is. We're surrounded by it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's why I'm like, okay, these conversations are about how they like, you know, form into the world that we are in today. And, and that is the world that we are in today. It's full of technology, but it's really easy to see something it, in the world of social media that you might feel is necessary for your life, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you 
look inward and you ask yourself, like, do I really want, need, desire X, Y, Z? You might be so um, engulfed in this social media world that your answer is yes. And then you start to do whatever or get whatever. And maybe your authentic self, capital S self, is actually like deteriorating because you're just now believing this story that you're being told. Mm-hmm. So I believe this personally, this practice of Satyaya is so important right now because if you don't have that discernment or you don't have that strength to look inward, you can be sold another life that you will probably live for for who knows how long if you don't want to look inward and ask yourself, am I really happy? And is this really what I desire or is this making me better? You know, so interesting. Um, One other thing I found really interesting with Svadhyaya, I never really thought of this before. Um, So there is like that, the meditation practice is one way to like sit and contemplate and observe yourself. Journaling is one way. Um, I never thought of this way um, that I found online. Um, It's mantra meditation. So it's like where it, where you start to silence like the the incoming thoughts or you start to shatter the boxes that have been created and it takes you to like another realm where i i believe there's so much healing and like so much potential in just like not necessarily like the words we say but the sound and the vibration um that comes through in music and you know the things we chant the 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 things we say the things we talk about, like there's a quality to sound and vibration that is healing. Um, because I feel like we, I can't really explain it, but like we, we are like sound at our core. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is this practice of like getting back to our own rhythm, getting back to our own vibration, um, and getting back to our own authenticity. Um, and it could be, you know, something like a daily practice where you come to it, you you check back in with your authenticity. And there might be moments then through your day where you get those thoughts from other people or you have a memory about something. Um, but you always have this practice to come back to um, where you're checking in with yourself like meditation, but it, it's like in a different way where it's like something a little more tangible and it's not just like in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. That made me think of another um, (laughs) moment in my own personal journey with Svadhyaya when I was in my meditation teacher training. And there was an exercise where he had us write down all of the words that we associate with ourselves and labels that we put on ourselves and that others put on us. Mm-hmm. I was like, daughter, you know, whatever. But at that point, I was like, um, like art consultant, blah, 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 blah. And you like see this list. And then basically at the end, he's like, so none of these are, none of these are you. <laughs> I love that. Like, and then he, the, it became like, who are you if you were to cross off that like Mm. cross this off, cross this off, cross this off. And then you're left with like all of these things that you labeled and associated 
that made up you that actually don't in a way. <laughs> and that was such a big eye opener because you don't always realize, or at least I'll just speak for myself, I didn't realize how much weight and power I was putting on some of those labels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, when they went away, <laughs> you know, like I felt more connected to me. And also like, I almost felt like a grief for how long and how much power I put into them, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's another uh, interesting exploration. Yeah. Study is like really looking at the labels you associate with and try cross them off. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Because I think we are like, I said I'm probably going to do that today now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are like living in this world where we put so much weight on like the external, like our jobs, our roles in society. And it's just like, I mean, personally, I, I when you just crossed off daughter, I was like, well, there goes like half of my identity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I was waiting, I really putting a daughter, but it, it makes you look at like how you show up because of that label. Exactly. And then you ask, is this like, why is this helpful? Should I be? <laughs> right. A little bit of space between hmm. the label and you. Yes. <laughs> exploration. Yes. The exploration. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And I think too, like a part of our path, part of our you know reason for being here in our lives on this earth is living those roles. Mm -hmm. And learning about ourselves in those roles too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's where it's like tapas or discipline comes in to know and stick with the ones that do serve you, right? <laughs> like, yes. The honesty of Satya to be like, this isn't working for me, you know? Yeah. It's that check-in and asking yourself like, can I, can I get rid of this? you know, title or belief and still, well, actually I feel like when we do, these are some, sometimes these become like constraints mm -hmm. and then we're actually being less than we are because we haven't decided to reflect and ask ourselves, like, is it still serving me? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there is some one thing, cause I know Leanna, you mentioned ego and I really like in here, she says, um, I just want to note that the ego is not a bad thing. Without ego, we wouldn't exist. The ego takes an event that the senses bring into awareness and makes it personal. Okay. And that's so oh, wow. true because it's like that everything is just, is just what it is. And then yeah. the ego is where you start to build like, I almost want to say like sometimes an annoyance. Yes. <laughs> and it's so, so funny because she says like, she gives the example of hearing a dog bark, right? So she says like, a dog is just barking. That's what the dog does. It barks. She's like, but the ego makes it personal because then you say, I hear a dog barking. Now that noise is annoying me. You know what I mean? It's just like a buildup. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
That's so good. I've never heard that shared that way. Yeah, it's just, it's very, it says the ego takes ownership of a neutral experience by making it mine and then colors it from these past experiences. Mm. Which I just had like one of these like moments because I'm like, how many times have I gone into a situation with ego because I've experienced it some way, some like, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I don't really want to eat there because one time I had a bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> just something so small like that, right? And you build yeah. off of that into like the larger thing, like being around, I don't want to be around X, Y, Z because so-and-so told me blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like, oh my gosh. Because like you know, one accidentally bumps you on the street and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. And you like let it ruin your afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Right? Not even paying attention to you. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and I think it can go the opposite way when you get like so obsessed with something and you love something so much and then like it consumes you. And there's this moment of like build up and hype and like, this is great. I want to feel this way forever. But ultimately, like in the same way, we don't always feel bad forever. We don't always feel good forever. There's like this like little bit of like letdown from the high. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we don't always, and I want to have like a truth moment for me. And again, maybe it, it lands with you all, but we're not comfortable with neutral moments. And so I think our ego no. sometimes likes to do what you were saying, Mirage, <laughs> to fill in that like uncomfortability with not being extreme one way or the other, because we're not super comfortable with neutral. Yeah. And Another thing I learned in my meditation, it's like the goal, one of the goals is to be more comfortable with just neutrality. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like the ego is like, man, things are really boring around here. I'm just living things up. up. Let's mix it up. Yeah. (laughs) And it's what we're like. I feel like we're all so used to it. Like that's what we all do as humans. Watch reality TV for fun. Yeah. What do we think? What do we expect? I know. It's so true. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I hope that this was as eye opening for everyone as it was for me. (laughs) Me too. Um, We will be dropping a intention in the daily rituals section of um, the rituals. (laughs) There are five. I was like, what am I trying to say here? an intention for you for Monday. Um, it will more often than not correlate to these conversations. So if you do want to take a peek over there and look at that, um, I think we could really find some good stuff that came from today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone have a good rest of your day. Have a good week and we will see you all soon. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.